podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Live in the stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And I'm joined by the loveliest co-host in all of the land, Denny Carter. Denny, what's cracking? I think, um, you know, today being April 1st, I think I think things are going pretty well. How about you? Yeah, things are good. I, I hate April Fool's Day, though. Like, I, I hate it. I think Twitter overall hates it, but Twitter can't stop talking about it. So I don't, I don't really, I don't understand the, uh, the connection there. The, the, the thing that I can't stand about it, though, is that people are just so bad at it. Mm. The worst. And they just think that they're so funny. Like, the, wor- the worst thing ever was waking up to, to Bruce Irvin uh, talking about getting a DUI and it being an April Fool's joke. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, no. Yeah, like, that's happening. And, like, people people wonder why other people are sensitive to that subject. And it's like... What, what? Like what? What are you people? Like this is this is such a bad April Fool's joke. And then I was just on Twitter though just now, and I saw Vernon Davis tweeted out a picture that looked like his jersey on the Redskins, but then whenever you clicked it, it, it was bigger and it said April Fools. Yeah. So which is which is a, a more playful thing to do than saying that you got a DUI and you're not going to be able to play? I uh, oh yeah no the DUI thing is a little that, little more tasteful. I mean that, it's not. There are lots of things that are funny, and that's not funny. Um, right, exactly. Um, so, There's so many funny things, and you're talking right, about getting a DUI. Right, lots of lots of things. So I, I once had a coworker who, whose mother got her so bad on April Fool's every year, not, not one year or two years, every year, that she would break down in, uh, uh, in, in tears and, and weep in the office. Um, whether it was talking about the death of like a dog or a grandparent or wow. some, something else tragic, she got taken every year. And it, even even when on March 31st, I would say, "Hey, coworker, you know you know what tomorrow is, right? Tomorrow's the day that your dog is gonna die." A- and she would say, "Nope." And I would say, "Are how do you not know? Last year, I we had to calm you down for for fifteen minutes right. after after your mom said your house blew up or something. And right. and I was and so I said tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Your mom is going to contact you either by phone or, or email or text or something, and she's going to trick you, and you can't fall for it. Okay. And then what happened? The next day, boom, like clockwork, she's crying. And we had as an April. No, no, no. This is not a joke. She said it's not a joke. Oh man. So, so that's that's uh, that that kind of scarred me for uh, for life from April Fools. Is watching this poor coworker just be emotionally tormented year after year. By, <laughs> so by jacked up. And honestly, I'm afraid of the mom. I mean, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I would be too. That's insane. That's so jacked up. I I just I don't know. I don't I don't understand. Like. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get the allure. Maybe I'm not fun enough. Is that what's happening? Like, is that like do you have to be really really fun to understand DUI jokes now? 
you look, you drink Bud Light, so no, you're not fun. So <laughs> wow, here we go. <laughs> I think that that's been established. But speaking speaking of what we eat, Mister, I'm going to eat mashed potatoes and corn on Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Anyway. Yeah, right. Anyway, all right. Well, free agency is pretty much over from an NFL standpoint. I mean, like things that matter in free agency. There's some some uh, guys like Michael Crabtree who still haven't signed and still don't have teams. It, uh, yeah, I, I guess Crabtree's just – is he going to the NBA? I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the only, the only plausible ex- – I mean, like Nate Washington just signed with the Texans this afternoon and Michael Crabtree still doesn't have a job. Oof, oof. What, is that, what does that tell you? About Michael know. Crabtree, that's that's pretty crazy. That is you know crazy. what it tells me? It tells me that I made a solid decision to acquire him in Dynasty two nice. years ago. That's nice. what it tells me. Nice, very nice. Yeah, he was. He's been terrible. Um, which I'm I'm not really like overly surprised. I, I'm I'm pretty surprised that he doesn't have a team yet, but I'm not like overly surprised just given how inefficient he's really been throughout his career. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatevs. So what we're going to talk about tonight, though, uh, is actually more fantasy-centric than just talking about free agency and the impact and so on and so forth. Um, we're going to talk about best ball leagues, or, or as many people know them as in the industry, MFL 10s. Uh, essentially, best ball leagues are you draft a team and you don't have to set the lineups every week. It'll take your optimized roster after the fact. Uh, and it'll, it'll maximize your points for you. So there's a right. lot of different strategies that kind of go into play from that standpoint. The reason I say MFL 10 is because MyFantasyLeague.com offers these MFL 10s where you throw in $10, 12 teams. Mm-hmm. The winner gets $100. Second place essentially gets their money back. They get an entry into next year's MFL 10s. And then my fantasy league takes $10 from that as well. So you know, you if you play a high volume of them, like a lot of people do, like I'm trying to do this year, I'm on my thirteenth. Um, if you play a, a relatively high volume, you you look at it more from a poker perspective and a probability standpoint, where you're using these players more as shares, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, uh, and, and avoiding guys that you just you know for sure aren't going to pan out, as opposed to, and then you know, basically eighty percent. Of, of the player pool is is going to be on some of your teams, whereas you're just pushing aside some of the rest. Right, and and the the lineup optimization is great for people who poop their pants every week with lineup decisions. Right. So right. this is like basically that that part of the equation. It's like a diaper. It's you know, a diaper. You know, it's an adult diaper you put on. So you know, when you, on Sunday morning, at, Sunday afternoon at like at like twelve forty seven. When you're like, uh, this QB, that QB, oh God, oh God, and then and then you know you defecate, then but <laughs> that you know this this allows you to just take the higher points. You're ba- yeah, you're basically spending ten dollars for diaper for a diaper <laughs> is what what we're so I bought thirteen diapers so far this off season. <laughs> I have about I have about eighty eight diapers upstairs if you need any <laughs> yeah. for my son for my right. son. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I actually uh, Rich Rebar sent me a, a link to on my fantasy league. You can see which players have been playing the highest volume, and that one Aaron dude who's yeah. who's like the shark of of MFL tens. He's played in 126 so far oh, this year. That's a that's unbelievable. Like the ne- the guy in next is has has played like 40 or something. I'm I'm uh, degening it up at number 34 on the list. <laughs> Um, well, that, 
That that that's amazing. So, but but that's so that's not fantasy douche. Uh, I don't know. Are you sure? Okay. Uh, we're, we're we're not we're not completely nice sure. Okay. That's that could be my theory. I just um, I I always suspect you know because he's such a man of mystery you know I don't you know yeah. So the thing with MFL tens is there's there is strategy involved, but we're not going to go too too deep into the strategy part of it on this podcast just because that's. That's a deeper dive. We'd rather just talk about players and, and so on and just kind of keep it fun. Uh, but from, from a strategy perspective, typically what you do in these best ball leagues, for those of you who have never really played them before, is you're going to take about two or three quarterbacks. You're gonna, there's, there's 20 guys on your roster, and you're filling quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. There's no kicker this year on my fantasy league. Um, so you're, you're typically taking two to three quarterbacks, five to six running backs, seven-ish wide receivers, two to three tight ends, and three defenses. Uh, and I, I, I say those guidelines because there's been a lot of math that, go, that has gone on and a lot of debate, too, as to how many, uh, how many players at each position you should fulfill when you're drafting. There's some people think that you only need four running backs. Other people think that you absolutely need three quarterbacks. Some people think you only need two defenses. Uh, but there's a lot of math that, that has been done and generally, those those guidelines that I said earlier is is the way to go. Yeah, the the amount of research that has been put into MFL tens over the past, I would say, twelve to eighteen months, um, is pretty stunning. I mean, uh, I, I I'm old enough to remember when there was no analysis of <laughs> MFL tens, and people were just, I mean, maybe maybe I'm off here, but people were just winging it. Basically, there was and, no thought. Yeah, there was no thought put into and, it. Yeah, and I liked it. I liked it better back then because um, I felt like I could compete and without <laughs> having to worry about thirty-seven sharks swimming around me at all times. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that like people people are so used to traditional drafts where they're only taking one defense and one kicker. So early on, you know, a couple of years ago when these first started getting bigger. Uh, people were only taking one defense and one kicker, which yeah. if you think about weekly turnover, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so that that's a big thing that I that I focus on because a lot of the stuff that I've done in research strategy-wise does have to do, and, and you too, I mean, has to do with the fantasy being a weekly game, and uh-huh. that really benefits you in, in best ball leagues if you can kind of have an understanding of that, knowing that it's very easy to compile numbers that are – close to an elite quarterback, for instance, with late round quarterback. So instead of getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers in the second round, where when you do that, you're foregoing the opportunity to have top tier running backs, wide receivers, and so on. When you get Aaron Rodgers there, uh, you don't get those those top, top flight running backs and receivers, but you can get... Um, if you don't get Aaron Rodgers there, you can you can basically match his production in the 11th to 12th round. And the beauty of it, Denny, is that this podcast basically doesn't matter for best ball leagues because we're we're streamers. And, uh, I see. And, it. and you don't you don't stream you don't need there's no there's remember it's it's a diaper. And <laughs> when, we, when we stream when we stream we are not wearing diapers. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 We 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 are uh, we are we are bare ass naked. You're right. Yeah, so so that's that's kind of the way to think about it. It's not it's not so much like like oh I got Aaron Rodgers great. It's like okay, well how often can you replicate Aaron Rodgers' production with Andy Dalton and Alex Smith combined? And that answer might be not a lot, but the answer actually is quite a bit. I, I want to say before we jump in here, 
that I have done precisely zero MFL tens. I do pay a lot, uh, a very close attention to the analysis part. I look at the ADPs all the time, um, and I think critical thoughts about these things. So, yes, um, yes. so uh, that's what makes me qualified to deliver the takes on today's show. Denny's Denny's here to spit hot fire. It's I'm it literally it's it's about to pour out pour, just the, the, the fire is about to pour out of my nose. So yes. let's let's get going. So okay, so you said you haven't done any best ball leagues, but you're not stupid. You know player value. <laughs> you know you know player evaluation. You know how to value guys. Um, so basically, all we're gonna do on this podcast is talk about guys that are overvalued and undervalued in MFL ten drafts right now. Uh, and hopefully people can listen to it and say, man, that's a really neat podcast that I just listened to. <laughs> that's what that's what we hope for. That's what I'm hoping for. So why don't you start it off? Okay. Who, who, who okay. is someone – give me a name yeah. that is just generally overdrafted in these I, things right now. I will give you a name. His name is Teddy Bridgewater, and he is going at QB8 according to MFL 10 ADP data. And – this uh, boggles my mind uh, on several levels. Uh, one is that he's going on average now. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is going before before Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, before, it, yeah. I mean, it it definitely depends on the draft that you're in where where Teddy goes. He can he can vary a lot. I I fell out of my chair and I sprained my AC joint when I when I read that uh, the other day. So. I'm in a cast right now because of Teddy Bridgewater, Thanks to Teddy go- Bridgewater. going at QBA. I mean, and you're not now, wearing a diaper because you haven't done an MFL 10 yet. Yeah. So picture that listeners. I'm, you know, no diaper. I'm in a cast. So anyway, yes. it's, it's, much, it's, it's much stranger that you're not in a diaper. With a cast <laughs> yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater going at QBA before Peyton, uh, uh, and I'm going to just throw two more out there. Tannehill going at QB 11 and, Cam Newton going at at QB four, um, those those three just jump out to me as uh, borderline unbelievable ADPs. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, you know, to start the the, the discussion is that you can really get replaceable production from, especially in the middle round quarterbacks. Like that, so I mean, essentially, the strategy that I go with most with these things is let a quarterback, like if, if you want to get a middle round quarterback, if you want to get a guy like Matt Ryan or something like that, let that tier kind of fall to you and wait until at least a double digit rounds to try to snag one of those guys. For instance, Drew Brees fell to me at 9.11 in a draft. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you have to take. And, right. And that's Drew Brees in the, at the end of the ninth round in a draft. And, and that's obviously he has massive upside because it's Drew Brees and we know what he can do. Uh, a lot of people are just scared of, of that whole entire situation. But what I'm saying is, you know, you just wait, and and if you really want that tier, then you wait for that tier. A guy, though, that, I mean, if we want to talk about guys that we would target as opposed to avoid from at the quarterback position, um, or I guess I'll just talk about another guy I'd have, I'm, I'm generally avoiding at quarterback is Joe Flacco. Uh, you've written a decent amount about Flacco this offseason, but I'm assuming, actually, I know it was before Torrey Smith left, right? Yeah, yeah, that kind of put a damper on things, yeah. Right, so it's tough for me to kind of get behind drafting Joe Flacco ahead of of, of reasonable starters, or you know, 
around after you get some of those middle round guys uh, or middle tiered guys like a like a Ryan or sometimes if, if some of those guys fall. I just you know you look at Flacco. I think that right now he's being a little overdrafted because of the Tressman effect. Without when, when people aren't really realizing what the hell he's throwing the ball to. I say what because I don't even think that they're people that he's throwing <laughs> the ball to. Wait wait wait. <laughs> Uh, Marlon Brown is a person. Mar- Marlon Brown is barely a person. Oh my god! Barely a person. He's throwing to thirty-six-year-old, soon-to-be thirty-six-year-old Steve Smith. I mean, that—that that is it. That—that's the only. I mean, I saw that you tweeted today about Dennis Pitta, and you're excited about him probably not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that he was gonna come back, but but he's not. No, he's not. He's definitely not. But no. so, I mean, Fla- Flacco has nothing. He's he's throwing. <laughs> He's throwing to Pitt as ghost, which I think is actually really could 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 be great. We'll yeah, oh yeah, I've i I'm t- I'm taking a flyer on Pitt as ghost. Yeah, right. <laughs> flyer. Um. So, but real real quick about Cam, Cam Newton. Uh, Go ahead. I, I I get I get like the the fact. I mean, he missed two games last year. He finished outside the top twelve. Um. I think Rich Rebar tweeted a stat that. He had as many top uh, twelve finishes as Eli, I believe. Or yeah, I can it, pull it. I can pull it up right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the get that top twelve stat because it's kind of alarming. Uh, but I, I'm just I'm. I mean, <clears throat> he had sorry. He had the same amount as Joe Flacco, Kyle Orton, and Teddy Bridgewater last year. So is Cam Newton good? I, I mean, am I allowed to ask that? Like I said, I said this on Twitter a few weeks ago. Like, am I allowed on this website? Am I allowed to say is Cam Newton good? I, I don't, I don't know. Is he good? I don't think he's good. When I, I mean, I don't base stuff on what I watch, but I hate watching him. I think he looks terrible. I think he's, I think he's miserable to watch play football. And and um, personally, as someone who owned Kel- Kelvin Benjamin every everywhere last year. I was much more comfortable with Derek Anderson throwing the ball. Right. So there I am. There I am. I am an anti-cam truther. It's out. I would I would assume that people are excited about well two things. I would say that they're probably uh, optimistic about because he started last year with that injury, or you know partially into the season. Not even I'm not even talking about the car accident one. I can't remember what the injury was though. Someone's like, but then. Uh, the other thing I think is people – this is a really good point, though, to make, is that people look at best ball leagues and they say, I need high-variance players. I need guys that can get yeah. me 30 points one week and might get me five points the next week. Yeah. And while well, that's, yeah. that's, not, that's not untrue, you still need a baseline there, and you're not drafting four quarterbacks, uh, so therefore you know, you're not necessarily getting a baseline. The, the, reason you, the reason you can replicate Cam Newton is because – Unlike an Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck, who you know, twelve out of out of sixteen weeks of the season are going to produce QB one numbers. Unlike them, you are getting those valleys in his production, and you're able to to basically fill those valleys uh, and those peaks whenever you take, say, Alex Smith and Andy Dalton. You know, in in the, in the thirteenth and fourteenth round. That's why I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, just because Cam Newton can run the ball doesn't mean that. Andy Dalton can't have a better week than Cam Newton. Right. I, I mean, I, I'll say that I might take Cam Newton in the in the twelfth or thirteenth round of an MFL ten. I mean that that I might. I mean, it, it's that's still not. I still don't see that as like a a, a great play. I I just the QB four thing just just blew me away. It was to me that 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 is more 
outrageous than Teddy going at QB8. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think Cam, at, I've seen, again, I've seen Cam go, you know, between rounds five and rounds nine. So mm-hmm. he, he, he fluctuates like a lot of the quarterbacks do outside of Luck and Rodgers. Right. Um, I do own, I, I will say, I do own one share of Rodgers and one share of Luck because they both dropped to round five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I couldn't, couldn't pass that up. Plus, sure. plus it's, it's early on in the season. Uh, we don't, there's a lot more ambiguity. So it's, it's the time of year to invest in elite quarterbacks when they do drop because they're less ambiguous. Yeah, uh, I, I really like that. I mean, if you can get luck in the fifth, that's I think that's great. So, so who who else are you targeting QB wise in these things? Yeah, so targeting uh, probably my favorite quarterback to get is Eli Manning. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but Eli had five top five performances over the last nine weeks of the season, while only seven other quarterbacks even hit five over the course of the entire year. Um, and now he's got Shane Vereen out of the backfield to help him out a little bit. Rashad Jennings should be healthy. Uh, even if Victor Cruz doesn't come back and isn't 100%, Odell Beckham's a monster, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he really should be fine. I, I think Eli's in that McAdoo offense is going to – I think Eli's a top-10 quarterback this year in fantasy, and you're getting him a lot of times in the 11th and 12th round of these drafts. Right. And I, I think that he has a great a great ceiling every week that's that's great for best ball. I, I, I totally agree. And I mean, basically, uh, it's a way of drafting OBJ without drafting OBJ. I mean, right. I mean – Exactly. Right. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, because because Odell Beckham's pretty tough to to get in these things too. I'm not. I, I don't own him yet, just because of you know. I'd, I'd rather have Antonio Brown than than Odell Beckham. I'd rather have the the guaranteed production. I'm not saying Odell Beckham's gonna flop. I'm just saying there's there's there is more risk involved in getting him than there is Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown's highs were just as good as Odell Beckham's highs last year. Odell Beckham was just more fun to watch him, him do what he did. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, in, in leagues that award bonuses for hand size, I think you have to go with Beckham. Sure. But, sure. Yes. But, uh, but getting back to Eli, uh, I, that, that's, that's why I was so confident, you know, in daily last year, late in the season with Beckham lighting the world on fire. I was just I was confident in plugging in Manning and 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 saying you know even if he even if Eli sucks, that he has Beckham, and right. and I and I believe um, I believe in Beckham as my neck tattoo says. So yes, yes, I've seen it. IRL. Right. <laughs> so any uh, anyway, yeah. So who else are you, are you getting? So I'll I'll kind of switch gears and look at like some running backs. Uh, I'll I'll go with guys that I'm avoiding just in general. Uh, probably the the number one guy on my list is Devonte Freeman. Um, right now he's dropping off the board in about round five. Wow. Which to me is just ludicrous. Um, I mean I think the obvious reason for that is oh hey there's a vacancy in Atlanta because Stephen Jackson's gone so therefore it's going to be Devonte Freeman who they drafted last year. But guess what? Devonte Freeman was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman was so bad at football last season, and now people are drafting him in the fifth round of fantasy drafts. Like, Devontae Freeman could have been walking around without any legs last year, and this year people would still be drafting him in the fifth round. Man, that, because uh, because that, that's, that's, essentially, that's essentially what he did. So we have, we have – he basically didn't have legs last year. So That escalated quickly, I'll be honest. It did. It did. So listen to this. So we have our net expected points metric and number fire that we use. It's an expected points formula, yada, yada, yada. And you can look at it on a per rush basis. So rushing NEP per rush, which is basically 
the amount of expected points you're adding with every rush. So Jaquiz Rogers, who's no longer on the team as well, which is probably for whatever reason adding to this Devontae Freeman uh, spike. Bonanza. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Devontae Freeman bonanza. Um, <laughs> Quiz Rogers had a minus 0.04 rushing NEP per rush, which is like minus 0.03. Like the, the average in the NFL among 100-plus attempt backs is like minus 0.01 um, mm. just because rushing is less efficient than passing. And so, and Steven Jackson had a minus 0.02 last year. Devontae Freeman's was minus 0.29, which – this it's basically saying every time he touched the ball, he was losing 0.29 points for the Falcons. Which, out of the 73 50 plus attempt running backs last year, was the absolute worst in the NFL. Wow, he was dead last. And a lot of that, you know, whenever I say something like that, like fumbles play a huge role in that. Like David Wilson, for instance, rest in peace. All was... right, all right, <laughs> I'm right, I'm right here. <laughs> David Wilson, his fumble issues caused him to have really bad rushing nap. But Devontae Freeman only fumbled once last year on like I mean, six, 65 carries or whatever. So it didn't, it didn't really weigh this right. tremendously. I mean, Devontae Freeman was just really, really, really ineffective. Like, like so ineffective that I would, I would just be so surprised if he bounces back from what he did last year. And... I mean, if we're thinking that he's going to be the lead back in Atlanta, I have no idea why we would think that because they're, the draft class is loaded. That's a team that's clearly focused on a, a, a clear team, a team that clearly needs – let me say clearly one more time. Yeah, please do. Okay. I haven't heard it enough. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they, they clearly need a running back. There's a, there's a team need that's clear. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And so, no, so I mean, I, I just think that they're going to get a running back in the draft. I think that they could even get a guy like Stephen Ridley once he's medically cleared. I think right. he'd be a great fit. Um, and, and Freeman, Freeman's not going to see, even though the whole entire front office thinks that he's going to be this bell cow. He's just not going to be that. Right. Um, or as I accidentally wrote in a recent article, cowbell, which of course we need more of. Uh, <laughs> the the. Um, uh, <laughs> So so how long how long until the quiz truthers of which there are many there are uh push down uh Forte's ADP cuz cuz you know in in case you have a life uh quiz uh signed with Chicago Right right like like how crazy is it that people like like if a running back is good at catching the football and is effective catching the football his pass blocking doesn't matter Right like Matt Forte is going to be on the field all the time, and yeah, yeah. But, like but he's, he's just, very good. I, I like sure Jaquiz Rogers is, is is pretty effective out of the backfield through the air, but like, but at the same time we're talking about Matt Forte. I'm sure that Jaquiz Rogers can get some playing time, but it's not going to be nearly big enough to for us to care. And 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 Lord save us if in a preseason game in the in the third quarter of a preseason game. Quiz Rogers catches a sixty-yard screen pass for a touchdown. Ooh. I mean, then, 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 then the 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 alarms are going to sound for you know Forte's undraftable. I, 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 this is this is almost a guarantee. Uh, in August, we will hear about how Quiz Rogers is going to hurt Forte's uh, value, and I think we should not buy that. <clears throat> I remember when Quiz Rogers a couple of years ago was like the hot like seventh round fantasy selection. Uh, yeah, 
Well, yeah, he remind his rise, his meteoric rise reminded me of Andre Williams last year after the Hall of Fame game, which, as we all know, Hall of Fame game is the most important game of the season. One hundred percent. Yeah. And, and and Andre Williams stepped up, man. And Andre Williams, um, he he bowled his way into the end zone, I think twice. Oh, I thought it was forty six times. Uh, well, you would think, but I think twice. So so he was uh, clearly the goal linebacker. So he went from in, in MFL tens, he went from like a fourteenth round flyer to like a seventh round guy yeah. right after that. Yeah. And that's that's what kind of two or three years ago, that's what Quiz Rogers did. And that 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 kind of stuff is is predictable and uh sort of horrifying. Yeah. Uh for sure, one hundred percent. Do you have any other guys that you're avoiding? Uh, that you would hypothetically be avoiding? Um, well, I mean, besides those three quarterbacks, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like, I'm, I'm not a Tannehill hater. Uh, um, and, and QB 11 is not outrageous, especially because it's way, it's a big drop um, at that point in the, in the drafts. Um, but I just, I just don't see when, when you have Carson Palmer, who, you know, if he's on two legs, he's going at right. QB 27, you know, and, and that's crazy. But the, the one, one quarterback jumps out of me, and and I know you'll you'll like this, JJ. Uh, your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah. QB thirty five. Oh yeah. Going after Osweiler and someone called Brett Hundley. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So so that's the other thing too is that people are all about rookies. They're just all about them. So. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I've I've clearly. Seen, I don't. I've never seen Osweiler get drafted, but I've drafted Fitzpatrick and in, in, in on teams where I've had three quarterbacks. Yeah, but but I mean, uh, over over Brent Hundley, who who from from what I understand from um, you know pouring over draft Twitter every day and smacking myself in the face every day um, while whilst doing that uh, with with a diaper and a cast. <laughs> all of that <laughs> we're painting a picture folks um hunley is okay he will be drafted uh by someone who already has a starter probably it just that that blows my mind that ryan fitzpatrick who is probably going to start i mean what's the over under on games that he starts this year uh, 10 I'd put it at 10 yeah okay and i'd probably take the over and 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 his ADP is under is under this rookie. I mean, so anyway, he he just jumps out at, at me. It's just, it's just like free money. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's. That's actually a pretty good transition because one of the guys that I'm targeting in a lot of these, I've I've found that I that I own a lot of Eric Decker. Um, yeah. So like something that I like to do in in these best ball leagues is target wideouts who are clearly good, like Decker is, but they're paired with kind of mediocre quarterbacks. I know that we were just kind of talking up Fitzpatrick, but. Only in comparison to where he was being drafted, right? Right, right. He stinks. Um, so, right, right. So, like, like, the, like, think of the the biggest problem that you have whenever you're trying to make those lineup decisions during the regular season and in season long leagues is like you hate those wide receivers who are on teams with really crappy quarterbacks because there's a lot of inconsistent play as a result. And with this, you're just you don't really have to deal with that. You don't actually have to deal with it at all. Um, and I think Decker is just kind of perfect for that. He missed a game last year um, and was banged up throughout the season. It, but with Geno Smith, he still finished with six top 24 PPR performances, which is actually kind of in the, the top 25 range among wide receivers. 
and he's going past that uh, in these in these best ball leagues. I'm getting him in the seventh, late seventh rounds of these drafts. I think that he's a lock for 100 targets, as is Brandon Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall, like I, I could see Decker outperforming Brandon Marshall this year, and he's going two rounds later. So just give me the value. Uh, I I own Brandon Marshall because I drafted him before he was traded, but I don't think I'm going to own very much more of him just because he's going like the fifth round and Decker's going in the seventh round. And I just much rather own Decker at this point. Not only that, but if you look at his efficiency from last year, uh, it's pretty crazy. The same net expected points stuff that I was talking about earlier, he was basically doubly as efficient as any other Jets receiver. I'm not, you know, I understand it's, it's the Jets receiving, uh, court, but at the same time, it's it's very very impressive how efficient Eric Decker was last year with Geno Smith throwing mm-hmm. him the and Michael Vick throwing him the football. It was really impressive. He was actually a top twenty wide receiver uh, on a per target basis. So I think you know he's good. He's very good. Yeah. He's now kind of back in that in that role where he has another wide receiver complimenting him. Um, and I, you know, I, I just, I like his value. I think the biggest threat for him is just the fact that the Jets defense is pretty good. And if they draft a running back, uh, or if they trade for one, or if or I saw Steven Ridley might, or is, is looking to potentially go there too, which doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me, but, um, if they get another running back and if they go more ground, ground and pound as they have been doing, he just might not see the, the type of volume that you would want to uh, see. Eric Decker is white, correct? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, my my white guilt can't deal with that, so I'll be I'll be I'll be drafting Brandon Marshall. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, and then I like I think that the general theme with like the way that that I'm that I'm drafting these teams is I mean it's it's a JJ way of drafting if you will, but I'm going after veterans because they're <laughs> they're they're at a discount. They're at a crazy discount. You have Roddy White going in the seventh round. Man, for the most that's part. just nuts. What what do people th- do? What do people think when they when they see Roddy Way that late that, that he's not that he's gonna ride the bench? I mean, he's, he's... I, yeah. I mean, I think that I think I would assume that a lot of people are thinking about Kyle Shanahan and his tendency to to look at his top his his number one receivers, and that's that's obviously Julio. But at the same time, Roddy White still had seven top twenty four performances last year, which was the same number as Golden Tate, Deshaun Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he was still fine last year. It's just. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's perception versus reality. It's the fact that you have an 85 year old wide receiver that you don't want to draft. Even if he still produces, he's an old wide receiver that you really don't want to draft. But I, I love his value in these things. Yeah. I think he's a great value. Me too. Um, and then another, you know, it's, it's kind of the same, these, these next three guys, it's like you have Andre Johnson, who I, I do, I, I don't like it. Or I didn't like what he did in Houston uh, toward the last two years that he was there. He was really, really ineffective. But now he's basically stepping into a role where he can take Reggie Wayne's targets, even though he's going to be playing on the outside. He'll probably have 130 targets next year. Wow. And, and I think so. And Because Reggie Wayne had 116 last year, and Andre Johnson's way better than Reggie Wayne. Did, did Wayne, miss, Wayne miss time? He missed a couple games, right? Right, he had 116 targets. And so yeah. you're, you're looking at Andre Johnson getting 130 targets. I'm oh, fine. From Andrew Luck, right. I mean, it's going to be a pass-happy offense. I see no problem in, in thinking that he's going to hit that volume. Uh, and I've gotten him in the sixth round a lot, uh, and I, I think that that's good value. Yeah. I, I, I think I think that realistically he's, he could produce like a late fourth, mid-fourth round wide receiver would. 
especially because there's just kind of a wasteland going on there. Like there are some guys that, that have a lot of upside, like Brandon Cooks or, or Jordan Matthews. Um, but I'm not saying I would take Andre Johnson over them. I'm saying I don't think any of us should be overly surprised if he outproduces someone like Jordan Matthews this year. Like yeah. I think that he's capable of doing that. I mean, it, with with uh, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen games. Uh, yeah, I, I think right. that that and and really, I mean, I, I wrote about this for XN Sports last week, but there's a there's a lot to be said about um, uh, latching on to the production of elite quarterbacks, even if like you and me, we're not going to get those elite quarterbacks. Um, they produce um, uh, the top ten uh, quarterbacks um, produce. 50%, so fully half of the top 24 wide receivers every year. Now, a lot of those receivers have that built into their ADP already. You know, I mean, if you talk about like, you know, Cobb and, and Jordy in in, uh, in Green Bay, for instance, obviously they're, you're not going to get them. You have to pay an iron price for them. But, um, I mean, if you, if you think that somebody can kind of mooch off that production like Andre Johnson out of value – I think that that that's the way to go. I I really like that ADP. Yeah, and I you know the same thing again. Old wide receivers. You have Steve Smith going in like the tenth round of a lot of these drafts, uh, and he's the de facto only target in Baltimore. So he's going to see volume in <laughs> Trustman's offense. And then Marcus Colston, who is now also basically the only guy that the Saints are going to allow to go past five yards past the line of scrimmage. Um. He, he actually hasn't seen fewer than 100 targets since 2008, which, wow. was, which was when he played only 11 games. Every other year in his nine-year career, he's had over 100 targets, or 100 or more targets. He's the only guy in New Orleans right now that, that really, from a wide receiver perspective, they lost Kenny Stills, Jimmy Graham's gone, so there's probably not going to be as many uh, targets to the tight end position. Uh, I know they added Spiller, who, I, who also I do like in these things, because uh, he could be potentially like a 70-75 catch guy. I think in general, what I'm trying to get at is Saints players are kind of undervalued right now because I think people are overstating what's going on in New Orleans. So sure. you have Breeze falling. You have Mark Ingram I still like in like the middle third round because I think he's still going to get 220 touches in a Drew Breeze-led offense. Uh, and then you have obviously uh, Colston going in like the 12th and 13th round. I mean, this is the number – like. Uh, he's going to see a hundred targets and he's going in the 12th and 13th round. He could see 130, 120. I mean, yeah, come on. It's crazy. It's insane. So that's another guy that, that I, that I kind of have on there uh, on my list as, as one that I'm targeting. Um, any, do you have any other, any other guys, Denny? Uh, well, uh, can we jump to tight ends? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think the tight end market is in, in MFL tens, just from, from the data I've looked at is, uh, pretty much off the charts insane at the moment. Um, I was sad to see that um, there is no um, uh, Travis Kelsey discount anymore. No, there's none. He's, uh, no, I mean, it's if you want him, you're, you got to bank on him having a big year because he's going at t, uh, tight end three mm-hmm. short, shortly after Graham. So um, I, I'm not saying that's a bad pick. I'm just just, just observing um, so, um, ASJ, um, Austin Safarian Jenkins is going at tight end 10. Okay. Now that is, uh, so Antonio Gates is going at tight end 18. Now Gates is tight end two from last year. Okay. Tight end two. Okay. He had 
99 targets last year. ASJ had a 60% catch rate, which is terrible, miserable. And he averaged four targets in his nine games that he was active. So people, I, I, I guess the expectation is that he becomes, if not, if not the centerpiece of the offense, then a huge part of that Tampa Bay offense with a vastly improved quarterback, which I guess would be Winston. Um, and I think that that tight end 10 uh, ADP is is just is just something I, I don't understand at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I think that you have, he's going, so he's going in like the 10th round, let's say, that uh, on average. So he, it, it's kind of the same deal. Like, I love Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans yeah. is fantastic. I think he's a great wide receiver. But I have a lot of trouble picking him in the second round. Because you have proven guys like like Randall Cobb's floor, for instance, not floor, but his expected production. You would love to have that from Mike Evans this year. That's mm-hmm. just like if you look at only not not the way he actually does it or anything like just the stat line. If you just look at the box score, I mean, they're going to have Jameis Winston throwing them the football. It's kind of difficult to get overly excited about that offense in general just because of of the general ambiguity. Um, right. So, so yeah, like the, I, I like the the ASJ pick as one to, to kind of avoid. Yeah, I don't get that at all. And also, I mean, Gates at, at tight end eighteen is just it's just free. Yeah, I haven't seen him that low. That's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, well, th- yeah, that kind of blew my mind. Maybe maybe something is is thrown off there. Um, but um, Ladarius Green truthers are still out and about. Um, he's going at tight end twenty one, which uh, I'm not saying that that's you know, high or anything, but it is before uh, Larry Donnell, it is before Charles Clay, and it is before Josh Hill. I have a fi- I think that that might, well, I mean, just from my experience, I think that it might be different ADP. Okay, okay, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I I don't understand, I mean, unless I've missed some news about Ladarius Yeah, Green. I mean, there's nothing, yeah, yeah. Um, like, Josh Hill, Josh Hill too has has been rising a bit, but he's still. What do you what do you, what's your take on on Josh Hill? Like, what do you I mean, what do you think? I, I mean, he wasn't he pretty efficient uh, last year. Yeah, uh, solid, solid. Yeah, and I'm, I I don't I think that he is going to be a common uh, name on the, the on this podcast. Um, but sure. I don't think that he's going to be a plug and play guy um uh, but i'm not i'm not 100 confident on 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 that i'm not i'm not going to say absolutely not plug and play uh he could be i the one guy i wanted to ask you about in your experience at mfl 10s this season um virgil green mm. where where do you see him going because because he's listed as tight end 26 and yeah. one that's one behind owen daniels yeah, so Owen Dan- since the since the uh, the deal with Owen Daniels going to Denver, he's he's risen. His AD- his ADP is like probably eleventh round, tenth round maybe. Mm-hmm. And Virgil Greens has just dropped incredibly. Like I owned, I owned shares of Virgil from earlier in, in the MFL ten season, um, but now it's kind of hard. I, like you know, I'm still. We know his athletic profile, and we know that he what he's capable of, and we we kind of talked about that in the last on the last podcast, just from the athletic profile standpoint. Um, but you know, I'm I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily like going after him right now because I think there's other tight end values that are that you can snag, like like another guy. I'm going with another old guy, but Jason Witten right now in MFL tens is going in like the 13th and 14th round. 
The last time that Jason Witten had fewer than 89 targets was 2003. Jeez. Like, that's just insane. And actually, the, our efficiency metric that we're using over at Numberfire had him, uh, his, his last year was his most efficient season in the NFL. So I mean, he's clearly uh, not he's clearly not decli- on the de- on the decline. Uh, I think Witten's a great a great pick. He's like the he's like the Marcus Colson of tight ends essentially. Yeah, I mean, boring as hell, but I Super think boring. I think I, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you you actually you need to have someone around when you make that pick because you will fall asleep and bang your head straight into your laptop. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you can't like this is why like it's it's very difficult to like finish these drafts and put them on Twitter and be like, Hey, how's my team? Because people, especially mine, like people, people hate my teams because they're so boring. I'm picking Marcus Colson and Jason Witten. Like that's not, that's not, it's not exciting. I've, I've, I've slowly but surely bought into the, uh, the, the, the boring way of, of, of doing these things. And I think that there's a lot to be said about, about targeting these guys who are undervalued simply because they're not exciting. You know I mean? Yeah reason is that that's that's no reason at all to not draft a guy right uh real quick i'll just go through some just some random names that i have jotted down as guys that i'm that i'm avoiding that i think are overdrafted joyke bell who usually goes in the late third early fourth um you know he's going to be 29 next year uh the upside is that he's pretty good in the goal line but the downside is that he's just not like he's not an incredible running back um I think that they're another team that could go early, go running back early in the draft. Cody Latimer is going in like sometimes in round eight, which, what? which yeah, which which blows my mind. Wait. I mean, Cody Latimer, <laughs> Cody Latimer's expectation from a target standpoint is probably like sixty next year. Wait, what? I don't understand that at all. Right. Well, this is another like I'm getting excited, so I'm going to take. It's the same thing with Devonte Adams, you know. Well. People were drafting Devonte Adams before the before Randall Cobb resigned, but like, you know, I'm still seeing him go in like the seventh and eighth round of some of these drafts, and it's like, what, why? Like, I mean that that's pure hope. That is pure hope. Like, what makes you think? So, like with Devonte Adams, for instance, I think I have his target numbers here. So, like last year, uh, Jordy had 151 targets, which was a lot, and Cobb had 127. Uh, but for for Adams to get to a hundred this year, let's say he basically needs both Jordy and Cobb to see twenty fewer targets each, which is just really difficult to think that Randall Cobb is only going to see hundred and seven targets. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. You need you need injury to happen, basically. Yeah, I mean you're that's what you're banking on, and and, and not not at a reduced price either. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Sammy Watkins is basically is like a third round, fourth round wide receiver, which is, I don't get. Yeah. I, um, I don't get it, yeah. With Matt Castle. Allen Robinson's another guy who's going in the sixth round at times. Uh, I don't see that. You know, the thing with Allen Robinson, everyone sees volume, volume, volume. And it's not false. I mean, he averaged nine targets per game from week three to week 10 when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's eight games. So, but but even with all that volume, he was he was relatively consistent in season long. Like he was a good waiver wire ad, and, and I'm sure you you pimped him a lot in, in articles and stuff last year. But he only had two top twenty four performances last year. Yeah, no, I I, I think I may, may have mentioned him in, in a Roto Grinders column, but um, I, I was 
uh, with Bortles, I mean, how can you be bullish on anybody? With- yeah, they, and they added they added Julius Thomas. They might get Justin Blackman back. I mean, I, I mean that, that like I said that that is a, that is a great untapped fantasy football resource that Jacksonville pass catching. Yeah, right, right. Okay. But Blake Bortles is horrendous, beyond horrendous, terrible on every single level. And I can't imagine that he will improve at all this year. Um, by the way, going two rounds before Carson Palmer right now. Right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, but that's my hesitation on any Jacksonville wide receiver. Yeah, um, I think that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm avoiding Frank Gore for the most part because uh, Pat, Pat Foreman actually had a really good tweet earlier today. Uh, and it said, on just five occasions has a 32-plus-year-old running back turned in a season of 50-plus rushing yards per game and two-plus receptions per game with three or more rushing touchdowns. That, that has your name written all over it. And man. Gore is going to be 32 next month. I love old running backs, but – and I understand, like, not many of these 32-year-old running backs have, have – are, are placed in the situation that Frank Gore is being placed in, but – you know, fourth round, it's kind of kind of tough to get behind. Oh, I see what you. No, yeah, you know, no, no, no. That's that's way. In fact, I I think I would let, rather take a flyer on Dan Heron way way late than than take Gore in the fourth. My God. Or just take random running backs, rookie running backs, late and hope that they they snag one and they and, and he finds some sort of gig. Sure. So. All right, I think that's that's good from like from a yeah. value standpoint. I think we do have some questions. Um, someone asked. This is from at Samuel Brady. He asked. Uh, actually, before I get into this, from moving forward, we're going to have uh, everyone tweet questions at our new Twitter handle at mm-hmm. Live the Stream FF because someone had Living the Stream because someone had Lived the Stream. What else did they have, Denny? They had uh, everything. They had everything. everything. LTS podcast was taken. L- how is that po- How is that possible? I have no idea. Yeah. So from moving forward, uh, follow and send questions to at LiveTheStreamFF on Twitter. Yep. Um, but I'll first go to my Twitter account uh, just because people sent questions. Um, this is from at Samuel Brady. I'm just mentioning him because he asked a question, but we already covered what he said. Just kind of overall roster construction. So hopefully you caught that whenever we first started talking. This is at Jay Duvall one. He's never done a best ball before. So maybe some general advice. Okay. We gave him some general advice. Wear diapers. There, yes. Don't wear, don't wear diapers. Actually. No, don't wear it. Right. Exactly. Cause you don't need them. Cause they do it. They, they, anyway. Yeah. This guy at Xmas Mike asked me, can you correctly say my Twitter handle? I just what? did. But then he also asked, is there any reason to take a tight end besides Gronk in the first eight-ish rounds? Huh? Would you, would you take a, a tight end outside of Gronk in the first eight or so rounds? Yeah, yes. Who, right. <laughs> which ones? I'm, I mean, like Kelsey, obviously. I mean, don't, don't you? I mean, I, I would take I guess, Grant, right. Kelsey. In right, the... but at their, I think he's mostly t- thinking of at their ADP. Oh, 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 sorry. I didn't understand that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, like, like you know, I would say Kelsey I, – I do own some Kelsey because he's dropped to, like, the fifth and the sixth, and I've snagged him there. But generally speaking, it's kind of tough. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't answer that right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is at 
Cole Kev underscore FF. He said, who is the second most undervalued tight end after Crockett Gilmore? I think, I think Cole Kev is, 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 is needling me about Pitta there. Yeah. Just a bit. A little bit, but, but I do, I, I mean, I think that the tight end in Tressman's offense is, um, is definitely wor- worthwhile. I mean, we saw that with Bennett last year, just yeah. basically just gobbling up garbage time points every week. Yeah. Um, this is from at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. He said, are people who hate on small dogs but love big dogs just trying to overcompensate for something behind the scenes? Denny, do you like small dogs? I don't like any dogs. What is wrong with you? I don't like dogs. They're just they're annoying. I, you know, I don't like cats either. I have two cats. I hate the cats. Get, get, anybody want some cats? I got some cats for you. So, <laughs> so, so, so you hate you hate every every animal. I hate fish. I had a fish for a while. Fish I, do kind of suck. The fish are the worst. I mean, come uh, what they don't do anything. They just, that, no, I don't want cats. I don't like dogs. They're too high maintenance. Forget no animals. Thank you very much. What about what about small dogs? Would you rather have a small dog or a big dog? Yeah, I'll have a small dog. I mean, at least like I, Henry. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but not no no a big big dogs are, are are out of the question yeah no no thanks yeah I, I mean I don't I I prefer like like twenty to thirty pound dogs I don't like I don't I, I don't hate big dogs I just would rather if I'm gonna own one I was knocked down by a huge dog when I was about eight years old but that has nothing to do to do with anything you actually mean eighteen and then you snap the picture of high school Denny. Right, with my yeah, holding my face, holding my chin. Yes, that's yeah, right. Exactly. You were wearing those rubber gloves, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, as you got tackled by the the, uh, the giant dog. I tweeted that picture. Oh my god. Oh, so good. So three more questions. These people actually tweeted at live the stream ff. Nice. Uh, this is at Colin JC seven seven five. How many MFL tens will you do? And what rounds to take quarterbacks? Which we answered, and who. And then thoughts on the San Diego running back situation. Sheesh. So another, I will say about the San Diego running back situation, one guy that we didn't talk about is Danny Woodhead, who's a really good flyer mm-hmm. late in drafts. But anyway, how many are you going to do this year, Denny? You know, I, I haven't done any. And I, if I'm going to do any, they're going to be late in the summer, honestly, because – and I know that's suboptimal, but I just I I I can't if I'm not going to be able to to like put 100% focus into these things, then I don't want to do them, and because there are too many sharks like you out there um, who who are uh, are just destroying these things, and the the game has changed, and that's not my game anymore. So I I might do a few in the summer. That's fair. I'm hoping to get to like 100 this year. Sheesh. This is at Maddie Matt E. Oxford comma, yay or nay? Uh, uh, yay. Nay? Are you serious? I mean, I, I, I've written for mo- most of the publications I've written for call for, for the Oxford comma. So. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. You're, you're more of a professional journalist than I am. I mean, I, I didn't used to like it, um, but uh, it sort of, uh, you know, hit me in the face and uh, made me Made me see the truth. I saw the truth, and it is the Oxford comma. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I just said yes. Because <laughs> I don't even agree with you. No, you don't. Uh, this is at Big Green Dudes. He says, or they say, 
because it's plural. Okay. General strategy on how early to take running backs versus wide receivers in MFL 10s. Never felt confident last year. And then he also said bacon greater than greater than greater than corn. Boom. Wait, wait what was greater than corn? Bacon. Ah, boo. What, Denny, you're, you are one, you have, like, like you are one in a hundred thousand that thinks that corn is better than bacon. I mean. Here, here, no, we'll say it here. If you are listening to this and you think that corn, actually, just tell us. Just, just send us a tweet on at live the stream FF and let us know if you would rather eat bacon or corn. That's all we need to know is just either bacon or corn. It's a landslide for bacon, but I mean, yeah, there's a reason for it. Corn is good. I mean, I'm look. Corn has to be prepared correctly. It can't. You can't just dump some corn. I mean, with a little butter, a little salt. Corn. Yes, no. Corn is superior to bacon in in that circumstance. Yes. So, oh, so being prepared correctly is butter and salt. It, a little butter. Um, I can't believe it's not butter even. Okay, so tell us. <laughs> tell us the. That's the perfect corn. <laughs> A little, I can't believe it's not butter and, and some salt. A few sprays of I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> a little sprays. Salt. So, okay. And, and the corn holders, you, you, the corn holders on each side of the corn so that you can efficiently and effectively eat the corn like a typewriter. Like tick, 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 like that. But then it, so you know what bacon doesn't do is get stuck in your teeth. Oh, no, no, that, that's true. It just kills you. It just so that, <laughs> bacon. That's all bacon does. It just it literally every piece of bacon you eat, you're you're trimming one month off your life. So you know, no big deal. But hey, hey, listen, enjoy, enjoy your bacon. That's all. <laughs> oh man. So back to this guy's question. He asked what the general strategy is with running backs and wide receivers. Get running backs early. Get them early. Get them often because the drop off is massive. That's the best way to to think of it. Especially right now because no one knows what running back situations are like. We probably have half the league up in the air when it comes to the running back situation. Mm-hmm. So, cool. All right, Denny. Well, that's it for the podcast. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you at? It's at uh, CDCarter13 uh, on Twitter. I updated my bio if, if anybody would like to check it out. <laughs> um, and, um, and I'm writing off-season stuff for XN Sports and 4for4.com. Awesome. Uh, and I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find my stuff over on numberfire.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, at LateRoundQB. But more importantly, follow Living the Stream on Twitter, at LiveTheStream. There's a T-H-E. We did think about doing Live the Stream. Well, no, I should say JJ. <laughs> I <laughs> I actually retired from fantasy football until he decided to not do that. <laughs> right. So there was a three minute period where Denny had no affiliation to fantasy football. Right. My lawyers were in touch with JJ's lawyers. It, it was messy, but yeah. but but we we resolved it. So. It was it was a messy 180 seconds. So. Yep. We so it's at live the stream FF is where you need to go, where you need to follow, and remember to tweet us bacon or corn because mm-hmm. it's very important. Yeah. But that'll do it. I don't know when we'll be back. Yeah, Hopefully uh, soon. Uh, after the draft. Okay, so I guess we'll be back after the draft. If we, if you guys want it to be sooner, that's also something that you tweet at us. Yes, that could be that that could be done, but uh, uh, I you know uh, definitely after the draft.
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams and as we live, live in the stream. more of a strategic look at how to approach positions and um and then come june uh probably mid mid to late june i will release um something that uh, seemed to be uh you know popular helpful with people with uh um, the equity scores uh, uh on xn sports so um and it's still a long way away um and i, I want to do them right now but it's just silly so i'm not <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i'm doing i know that you're uh churning out uh, eight, eight articles a minute over there at uh, number fire for the rest of the off season. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say probably early April, maybe mid-April. And also, I... oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody needs to wish congratulations to JJ because he is a he is a young man with a big old house. Oh, that's that's and that, that's that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, the, well, I mean, I I think that that was like the the terms of the deal he struck last year, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, so so much will change. I I know people are doing MFL tens and, and stuff, but if if you're just doing redraft, it's good to keep tabs, but don't 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 um, I don't know, try not to fall head over heels for a player quite yet. Yes, yes, do do that. And please keep tolerating my self-retweets. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Sure about the teams and as we live, live in the street.
live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.